question. Uh, we got any conspiracy theorists in the room? Anybody who loves conspiracies? Okay, we got a couple. Nobody? Okay, well, that's where I guess we're a little different. Growing up, I was the conspiracy theorist. There's something about, man, the U.S. government just having something that they're not telling me that I have to figure out that's just, there's something exciting about it. And we've all heard a couple conspiracy theories, but I feel like tonight, to get to know each other a little bit better, we would go through what I believe and what the Internet believes to be the top ten craziest, ridiculous, most stupid yet what people actually believe, conspiracy theories, just so you guys can understand the kind of world we live in. We're going to go from 10 to 1, and you're going to, hear, you're going to understand a couple of them. Some of them might have already convinced you, but I guarantee you the top three, you're going to be like, what in God's green planet are those? But understand, every single one of these conspiracies, you decide if they're real news or fake news, but they are literally things that people stake their life on and actually believe. So number 10, one that most of us are familiar with, Tupac and Elvis are still alive. Is that fake news or real news? What y'all think? Yeah, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Well, that is the one that I do believe. Yeah, he is still RIP. Uh, yeah, and then Elvis is probably out there smoking with you too. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's just probably what's going on. Number nine is, I uh, heard this one. Uh, Jay-Z is a time-traveling vampire. I don't even know, like, one, I don't even know what you're smoking that you would come up with that. Like, why vampire? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's Jay-Z. He can do what he wants to do. You know what I'm saying? I, who is Jay-Z? I don't know, dog. Here we go. The Loch Ness Monster lives in Scotland. If y'all needed to know uh, where the Loch Ness Monster live, he lives in Scotland. So apparently he's real, and he, he, uh, his habitat is Scotland. Number seven, I ain't even going to lie to y'all. I slick believe this. I had a student like try to convince me that this was a thing. Avril Lavigne was replaced by a clone named Melissa. Just go home and Google Avril Lavigne conspiracy. She was like super goth, super dark, super emo, and then just one day out of the nowhere, it was all sunshine, sunshine and rainbow. Something happened. Some say that she died and became a clone, and then other people just say that, man, she just, just had a different style. Number six, this is where they start getting crazy. Redheads are descended from aliens. All the redheads, they got any gingers in the family? My whole family is ginger, and I can guarantee you that I am the only one that is from this planet in my family. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to be real with you. Uh, yeah, they are descended from aliens. All my gingers, sorry I exposed you. And number five, this one's kind of crazy. The moon does not exist. Now, understand, these, these last five, you're going to be like, what? Hear me. There is like a for real reason they believe this. What they believe, y'all pay attention, this is nuts. And this is going to get your mind thinking, talking about conspiracies. What conspiracy, conspiracy theorists believe is that the moon does not exist. Well, what is that in the sky? What they believe is that the moon is a hologram that's projected from the U.S. government to disguise and hinder us from seeing what's truly out there. Think about it. The moon landing, fake. Everything else, have you been to the moon? The moon does not exist. Number four, crazier one. The Beatles never existed. Huh? See, I, I, I was like kind of mad at my computer when I read it. But what they believe, and honestly, bro, they kind of like got me. They said that the Beatles, it is a figment of our imagination. Because the Beatles, it was never four individuals, John Lennon, Paul McCartney, all of them. What actually it was was they had ghostwriters who wrote for them, and the four guys that you always saw were simply actors who played the parts of the Beatles. And believe it if you want. And here's the craziest one. top three. Number three, fluoride in drinking water is mind control. Of course you would. You have been brainwashed. I swear to God, I think Raya has been placed here to brainwash all of us. If you know Raya, that's real news. Number two, dinosaurs built the pyramids of Egypt. I mean, they had to do something. 
Like, half of our 10 turns, dog, they can't even pick up a chair, let alone a mud brick without any technology. So chances are dinosaurs. And before you put it up, number one, before you put it up, over 12 million people believe what's number one. There's a whole religion around it, and it is called the reptoid hypothesis. Number one is that lizard people are running the world. See, y'all believe, here's the deal, here's the deal. Trust me, everybody quiet. This is serious. If you don't learn anything else, welcome to America, baby. Grace City, y'all finna be woke in two seconds. What we believe, not us, you know what I'm saying? I mean, maybe. I could be a reptoid. This is what they believe. They believe that those in power, in government, the Pope, Hillary Clinton, all of these people, what they actually are is they are reptilian shapeshifters that live by sucking the blood of their host. This is the belief. Go look this up. This is an actual religion of people who believe that our world is getting taken over by reptilians. And that's a fact. But I, I think it's fake news. But I'm going to be honest with you. Any, any of these conspiracy theories seem plausible at all? Yeah, some of them. Some of them. Well, the craziest part about all of this is that this is what people actually believe. Like to us, what is stupid, crazy, dumb, a complete waste of time, breath, and energy, and a life. This is something that is truth to people. And obviously these are some of the crazy ones, but some of the more ones that a lot of people believe is, man, 9-11, COVID, all of this. But do you know why conspiracy theories actually exist? I think about it. Something as stupid as that or something as, well, that could be true with some of the ones that we hear on a day-to-day basis. Do you know why conspiracy theories actually exist? Like, what would make somebody think to create something that causes as much confusion as a conspiracy theory? Why do they exist? Two words. Fake news. Because what I mean is that right now you guys are aware of this, but fake news, this whole concept of fake news, it has skyrocketed in the past two years, especially with our recent election, with police brutality and riots and COVID. Should I wear a mask? Is COVID, is it a germ? Is it real? Did China bring it about or is it the government or is it Satan? What is it? What is happening in America and in our generation is that the sources that we are supposed to trust to bring us truth, to bring us news and facts so we can actually go through life living in truth. We can't trust anymore. And the problem is that because the advent of social media and Instagram, TikTok, every single person out there has an opinion, has a hidden agenda, and has their own circumstance and opinion, so they're going to blast it as truth by the click of a button. And the problem is that we are living in a world right now to where we don't even know what truth is anymore. And guys, I'm a part of a generation that is more content to create a conspiracy to be truth than actually seek out what truth actually is, despite how hard it is to find it. And the problem is this. What's to say this isn't fake news? What is to say that my job, the thing I've given my life to, the thing that 150 people are in here for, all this, what is to say faith isn't fake news? And I probably shouldn't say this because like, huh, I kind of get paid to do this. I wouldn't do it for any other reason or whatever. But what is to say? That faith in God, this religion, is not just a man-made thing to kind of affect the masses in a way that can curb the behavior of an entire people group. What is to say the faith that we all put our mind in, this God, Jesus, that we've actually never seen, isn't fake news? Because here's the deal. The world we live in will actually feed you the fact that faith is fake news. That this is nothing other than a guise of religion and people of power to try to mind control you, as is politics, as is government, as is religion. So what is to say this is fact? What's to say is fake news? Because the truth is, if what we do here every single week is fake news, what the flip are y'all doing here? 
Why are you here? I guarantee you there are better things you can be doing with your time, good or bad. What are you doing here if faith is fake news? Because even Paul says, we'll talk about it in a minute, that if this is fake news, then everything we do day in, day out for this is a sham. And so tonight I want to talk about the three things, and the three reasons, and the three arguments as to why faith in God is the number one thing that is actually fact as opposed to fake news. And I guarantee by the end of this, wherever you are in the room, whether you're a follower of Jesus, whether you are agnostic, whether you're an atheist, you first need to hear this. Wherever you are on the belief spectrum, you are welcome here. This is your home before you believe. You belong way before you believe. You better believe that when we talk, there's going to be such a moving in you to actually have curiosity and to question. And you need to understand, wherever you are, whether you're doubting, you need to understand your doubts don't disqualify you. They actually qualify you to be a human being. Because if you don't have doubts, chances are you actually don't understand or believe anything. If you are a follower of Jesus, I guarantee you by the end of this, you're actually going to know the why behind what you believe. That your faith is no longer going to be a feeling, but it's going to be rooted in undeniable facts and evidence and an encounter. If you don't believe in anything, I guarantee you by the end of this tonight, you're going to have an ability to actually have an educated decision on whether or not, based on the facts, this is fake news or not. Tonight we're going to dive into three reasons why faith in God is actually the one thing that you can stake every part of your life on. And when you do, it actually changes your life from the inside out. So number one, and I challenge you guys, this is going to be the most note-heavy message, the most teaching-heavy message, because tonight we are putting everything we believe in on the chopping block. That by the end of tonight, you can choose whether or not you want to come back. You can choose whether or not you want to believe in what we believe, because if this is fake news, then get out of here, because you're wasting your life. But if it's fact, you better give your life to it, because your life is nothing without this. So argument number one, I challenge you to take notes. Something from nothing. Something from nothing. Genesis 1-1, what we believe to be the Bible, God's inspired word to us, truth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. For those of you who know about the video, I was looking kind of stank because I didn't shower and shave, and it was just weird. Uh, we just got done with COVID. We were quarantined, and it absolutely sucked. I feel horrible for anybody who has to go through any of that. But the coolest part about quarantine was that we got to spend uh, uh, about 12, 14 days with our beautiful son, uh, Jace. We call him Buster for some reason. But what we learned in that time period is that my, my boy, he likes dog food. Uh, real quick, uh, that's, that shouldn't be fact. So real quick, we're going to turn our attention to the screen, but like tilt your head because for some reason the video didn't orient correctly. So everybody just do like this and look at the screen. Look, look at what happened. Uh, I'm just, you know, reading, you know, my Bible. You know what I'm saying? And this is what's going on. Uh, Jace. Huh? Jace. What are you doing? Is it in your mouth? Bruh. Is it in your mouth? Bruh. Is it in your mouth? Bruh. Stop. No. Jace. You can't eat the dog food. So we're like, all right, he's good. He ain't eating nothing. Then look at the next video. Uh, Jace. He's persistent. Jace. What's in there? Is it a dip? Give me it. It ain't a okay. dip. It's a dog chip. God, no. I didn't kiss my boy for two days. It tastes like daggum dog mouth. And dog's mouths are not cleaner than human mouths. That, in fact, is fake news, fam. Don't kiss a kid after he ate. Dog chip. The point is, I got a question. He's cute. Uh, but where do babies come from? You want to have the conversation? No, we're not going to have the conversation. Because according to children's stories, you know, babies, they just come by storks. You know what I'm saying? And if that's not true, hold on, hold on, before we dive into the fun stuff. Well, it ain't no fake news. You know what I'm saying? Uh, do babies, do they just pop up when a mommy and daddy love each other? No, they don't. They don't just pop up. Something else pops up, but we ain't going to have that conversation. 
If you want to have that conversation, go back and listen to It's Complicated, our series last, uh, how you can have the best sex possible. But that's last February. Y'all go get it on the podcast. We got more important stuff to talk about. See, we understand that babies, they don't just, poof, magically appear. Fam, it ain't that simple. There's a whole lot more money and emotion involved in that. Second question, uh, do magicians actually pull rabbits out of hats? No. You know what I'm saying? Like, do they just alakazam, alakazam? And pull it out? No. Okay. Okay. Third question. Anybody here hungry? Fam, I live hungry, dude. If any of you right now, if you just try really hard, don't try so hard you fart. You know what I'm saying? But you try really, you got to clench when you die. Is there anything you can do within your willpower or self-control to actually bring about a Chick-fil-A sandwich? In a perfect utopian world? Yup. But unfortunately, the answer is no. Because we understand common sense and just truth says, Things do not just appear and exist out of nowhere. Like we understand that babies don't just pop up, you know what I'm saying, because we want them to. And we know that magicians do not just magically pull rabbits out of hats. That's why they call it a magic trick, because the rabbit was there the whole time. And see, what's crazy is that even though we believe and understand the universal truth that things don't just pop up out of nowhere and exist without cause, Science and scripture both claim the fact that that is exactly how our universe was created. Something came from nothing. Think about it for a second. Where did the universe come from? And I'm going to challenge you guys to go deep in your mental for a second. Like, where did the universe come from? How did it exist? Because for thousands of years, atheist scientists have believed that the universe is eternal meaning it's always been here. And then there's a debate of like, well, if it's always been here, how did it be? You know, it's just weird. But what they've actually discovered in the last 60 years, which we'll get into in a second, is that, in fact, there was a point in time in history that the universe actually began. And what we want to look at in the first argument of something from nothing is something called the Kalam Cosmological, put it up there, argument. Y'all say that. That sounds like a dope mixtape. The Kalam Cosmological. What you listen to? But that not cloud, but that no big deal. That Kalam Nasmakatsukal, I don't even know what I'd say. You know what I'm saying? Say that five times fast. Kalam Nasmakatsukal, the Kalikal. You're going to start cussing back to them. Well, here's the belief. There's a guy named William Lane Craig. He's a, he's a scientist. And what he believes to be true is this. Some of this is going to be common sense. If something begins to exist, it must have a cause. You know what I'm saying? Things don't just pop up out of nowhere. Like, if something begins to exist, you, me, Chick-fil-A, everything, it must have a cause for its existence. And number two, the belief is, the universe began to exist. Science and scripture both claim this, and we'll talk about it in a second. The universe began to exist. And then number three, therefore, the universe has a cause for its existence. So it's kind of like a one plus two, uh, you know, quick math situation. You know what I'm saying? Like if something begins to exist, it must have a cause. The universe began to exist. So then predicated on number three, what is the cause? The question then becomes, what caused all of this? You can ask who caused this. But because of common sense, science, and scripture, the beginning of time was actually at a period in time. So the question is, what caused all of this? Because what's cool is that because of this, if you think of the universe, and we'll break it down by logic, the universe is comprised of all space, time, and matter, correct? All of space, all of time, and all of matter. And so if this is true, if that the universe began to exist, and that something that exists must have first a cause, that means that whatever or whomever caused the universe must be outside of it. Meaning, 
that what caused it or who caused it must be these four things. It means that it must be spaceless, timeless, eternal, and immaterial. I think of it like this. Spaceless or infinite, timeless or eternal, immaterial, or some might say spirit, or immensely powerful. So I want you to think for a second. Don't think too hard because it's, it's, it's the answer everybody always says. What is a word that would describe something, a concept, a person, a thing, any noun, whatever, that is spaceless, timeless, immaterial, and immensely powerful? Well, we call it God. The one thing out there that is outside of all the universe that is spaceless, timeless, immaterial, and immensely powerful, we call it God. And what is crazy is that, like I said at the beginning, atheist scientists for thousands of years have believed because they didn't have any proof at all that the universe was just eternal because that would make sense. But what they found over the last hundred years of science and exploration was that the universe actually did, in fact, have a beginning. And that would presuppose this truth, that if the universe has a beginning, it must have a beginner. And that beginner must be timeless, spaceless, eternal, and immensely powerful. And hear me, for the people of logic in the room, this fact alone does not prove Christianity. What it does do is that it proves the fact that not only did our universe begin, but it must have a beginning. Call it what you want. Call him, her, or energy what you want. But I guarantee you in the next two, you'll begin to come to an understanding of maybe there is something to this God and to this God. Because in Hebrews 11.3, it says it like this. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was made not of what was visible. What is seen was not made out of what was visible. Why do I believe that Christianity is true? Because something came from nothing. The second argument is order from chaos. Order from chaos. Genesis 1, 1 through 2. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, which means chaos and no order. And darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Once, a time, once upon a time, uh, long, long ago, there was this girl. And her name was Goldilocks. Uh, Goldilocks was a girl. She was walking through the woods. And she got very hungry. And one day, Goldilocks just happens upon a house. And any hungry, I'm just going to say she was about a teenager. Any hungry teenager that stumbles upon a house is going to think, Mmm, food. You know, you know, like Miles, yeah, food. Is it a worm? Food. Does it, does it squirm? Is it a word? Food, yeah. And so this girl, no, I was trying too hard, no. So this girl, she stumbles into the house, and ironically, she sees at the table three bowls of porridge. Thank you, God. Your provision follows purpose. You know what I'm saying? For those of you who are on Sunday, like, thank you, God, for the porridge. And if y'all know what porridge is, it's kind of like oatmeal. It's like Quaker oat and like this stuff. It, it, it don't smack. It, 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 you smack forever. You know what I'm saying? But it, like, it's just crap. Yeah. So she sits down and she gets the first bowl. Way too hot. Second bowl. Way too cold. You know the story. The third bowl. Well, that thing is just right. So she eats her fill of, of porridge. And then she just goes into the living room. You know, she's making herself at home. You know. And so she sees three chairs. Okay. You know, just chill for a little bit. Some screen TV. You can watch The Office. You can do whatever. You know what I'm saying? First chair. Too hard. Second chair. You know them chairs are like, you know they old because your butt just sunk in it. And you got a baby booty. You know what I'm saying? Like you ain't got a big butt. So it just sunk. The thing's too soft. So she goes to the next chair. Just right. And so now she's tired. She's had some porridge. She's been sitting around. 
And just like you would when you break into a house, you, you know, you might as well just take a fat cat now. You know what I'm saying? So she goes upstairs and, of course, finds three beds. She lays in the first bed, too hard. She lays in the uh, second bed, Tempur-Pedic, way too soft. I just sunk it. I can't even get out. You know what I'm saying? But the third bed, y'all know how it goes. That thing was just right. And she straight up fell asleep. Uh, and if you want to know how the rest of that story goes, just, I mean, go to YouTube or any children's bookstore. You'll probably find it. No spoilers here what happens when the three animals come to the house. But you're probably wondering, Justin, either you have ADD or Goldilocks should have something to do with the existence of God. So the question is, what does Goldilocks have to do with God? Well, the second argument, porridge, you know what I'm saying? That could preach, you know what I'm saying? The second argument, the order from chaos, it has been called the fine-tuning argument, but some call it the Goldilocks principle. Because what we know from astrophysicists is that the earth, but not just the earth, the universe has been created with such uh, an amount of just rightness for life to be permitted. And, and hear me, when I say this, I'm not talking about life on earth. You know what I'm saying? Like, could there be life on Mars? You know what I'm saying? That's not the point. I'm saying the universe at large, our universe, what they believe and what we'll show you is that it has been created with such design and intentionality that if even the millionth of a millionth degree was off, no life could persist. And yet we live in a world to where our universe doesn't just permit life, but it actually gives purpose to life. And, and I, I want to show you a little bit so you just not like this dude is straight up just talking. So, see, in the Goldilocks story, she had three choices, which led to three more choices and three more choices. But what astrophysicists have come up to uh, believe to be true is that in the creation of our world, there are over 150 variables that would need to be perfectly just right for life to be permitted. And what they believe is that these variables, and, and some of the scientists who were atheists before they uh, were converted in their uh, attempt to disprove this, they said that because of these variables and the just rightness, they said that this argument alone is the most compelling argument for the existence of God. Because it said that if these argument, these things were only a tiny bit off, life could not be permitted. And so here is an example of one of them. For example, there's a guy named Sir uh, Roger Penrose, and he says, he's an atheist scientist, and he said that he calculated the level of entropy, which is just the chaos that happened when our world was created. He said, in order for after that chaos, that explosion, to actually permit life after the explosion, he said that the measurement would have to be so precise that at the likelihood, and y'all track with me, there's a lot of science, but that the likelihood of all the chaos that began when our world was created, for all of that matter to come together to permit life, he said it would have to be this precise. One, that the likelihood it would be one in 10 to the 10th to the 123rd power. And for context, this measurement is, if you wrote it out, the amount of zeros that would come behind this is enough to literally stretch across our entire galaxy. That the likelihood of matter, and not just matter, but life could persist in the midst of what happened. They said it is, to put it into context, it is greater than your likelihood of winning the lottery 10,000 times or getting struck by lightning every single time. And so what they believe is that because this world is created just right, that it presupposes that there is some designer behind it. Because the question is, how in the world could something that just began out of nowhere or by random chance actually, due to the 1 and the 10 to the 10 to the 123rd power, permit life? And I think 
It's because what we see in our Bible that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth with such intentionality and design that life wouldn't just be permitting, but it would actually be purposeful. So not only do we believe and see that God created something or something, brought something from nothing, but now there is something about our universe and all this, you can think about this all day long, that would bring about such a just rightness that life is not just permitting, but it is purposeful. And number three, life from death. And see, before, God is just a concept. But this principle, this argument shows a little bit more of who this God actually is. Because like at the very beginning, in 1 Corinthians 15, 14, this is what Paul, the guy who wrote most of the Bible, he said this. He said, and if Christ has not been raised, because remember, our belief, for those of you who don't know, is that because of our sin, our mistakes, we were eternally separated from God. So in an attempt to get his kids back, us, God sent his one and only son to live the perfect life, to die the death that we deserve, and he rose again three days later, and he's now seated at the right hand of God. And Paul says, hey, if that didn't happen, all of this is a shame. If Christ has not been raised, then all of our preaching is useless. What Paul is saying is that Paul is saying that if Christ did not rise from the dead, then our faith is, in fact, real news. You know why this is important for skeptics out there? Because Christianity, and hear me, Christianity is the only falsifiable religion out there. What do you mean? What is falsifiable? Shut up. Well, what that means is Christianity is the only religion that is based in a historical event. It's not based on your own enlightenment. It's not based on anything out there that you can never reach or attend to. You're just going to constantly be doing, 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 and not know what you're doing it for. This religion, this relationship, this life is the only thing out there that is based in a historical event, which means if you can disprove the event, you disprove a lifetime of a religion that people have killed and died for. If you can disprove an event, and you guys are already aware of how well our world can disprove something even though it happened, or how well they can falsify something and make you believe it happened even though it never was thought about, conspiracy theories. So all you have to do for all the people out there who can't stand God because of what he did, who can't stand this, all you have to do is disprove this and you knock out everything. You give a fat middle finger to the church if you alone in your own search can actually falsify did he rise from the dead? Did he? Like, did he? Because, I mean, I'm pretty sure, like, his disciples could have taken him. So the question then becomes, did Jesus rise from the dead? Because the truth is that if he did, this is something that if you give your life to it, it would change everything for you. But if he didn't, you are all wasting your and my time. And there was a guy by the name of... Or actually, there was a guy who said this, Houston Smith. He said, Christianity is basically a historical religion. That is to say, it is founded not on abstract principles, but on concrete events, actual historical happenings. And there was a guy uh, by the name of, I'm trying to find his name in here. I don't know where he's at, honestly. But there was a guy, he, in his search to disprove all this, he was a skeptic and an atheist. And in an attempt to disprove Christianity and the resurrection of Jesus, he and a team of researchers researched 3,400 Documents and bam, you can go ahead and play whenever you want to. 3,400 documents to disprove the fact that God sent his son and his son was raised from the dead. And these documents were from atheists, were from skeptics, were from believers. And you guys already know how difficult it is to get a classroom at school to believe the same thing. So certainly he should be able to disprove something that was written 3,400 times. And what he found was that 90%, 90% of these documents that were written from atheists, agnostics, people who are pissed off, people who love God, 
All these people, they found that 90% of them had these same minimal facts that all pointed to the resurrection of Jesus. Point number one, Jesus actually, in fact, was a real person and died by crucifixion on a Roman cross because of the evidence. And number two, very soon afterward, Jesus' followers had experiences that they believed were actual appearances of a resurrected Jesus. Number three, because of those experiences, these followers, they were transformed and were willing to die for their belief in Jesus. Guys, I'm willing to believe in a conspiracy, but you better bet your life on the fact I'm not betting my life on that. These cats were willing to die. Why? Number four, the message of Jesus in the Christian church started right after they killed him. And in his own backyard, in the same place that he was killed, it sparked. What kind of moment would spark a revolution we're still talking about today if it's fake news? Number five, James, Jesus' brother. I got siblings, fam. This is the biggest one. Jesus' brother, who was not even a believer in Jesus, even though he could see him, touch him, flick him, he was his brother. James, after the death and resurrection of Jesus, became a believer who was willing to die on the fact that his brother was Jesus, resurrected, the Messiah. I don't care how eloquent your speech is, how many TikTok followers you got. If you're my sister, Sydney Ashton, you ain't Jesus. This guy was willing to bet everything in his life on the fact that his brother actually was resurrected, who they said he was, the son of God, the son of man, who came, who was the beginning, Alpha and Omega, to come and save you from the very thing you didn't even know you needed saving from. And number six, Paul, who was formerly known as Saul, who was a Christian killer beyond the Taliban, pray for Afghanistan, beyond anything else, this guy was making it his mission. He went to every court to val validate and justify his murder of Christians because he didn't believe it was true. 90% of the evidence said that he had an encounter that was so grand that he went to go write two-thirds of the Bible and plant churches across the globe. So what do you make of this? What in God's green earth do you say about this? If we can't agree on who should be president, if we can't agree that we are all equal despite our skin color, how in God's green earth did fake news come up with that? It must mean Jesus is, in fact, who he says he was, and he actually rose from the dead. Because Paul says that if this thing is fake, then stop what you're doing. Go live, party, and be married, because tomorrow we die and we're done. Live it up. But if this thing is real, give everything you have to it, because this life is nothing compared to that life. And he actually gave us the ability and the authority to bring that life to this life because he said, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, your will be done through me. You know you have the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead? You know the Bible says that the same spirit that enabled Jesus to live the perfect sin-free life lives in you? You know that Jesus said in John 14, 12 that right now because of the spirit in you, you are going to do greater things because he goes to the Father? You know that because Jesus Christ is now seated at the right hand of God, the place of full authority beyond principle and parent. He stands at the right hand of God. He says, whatever you ask for in my name, I'm going to give it to you. You want a nation? Ask for it. You want revival? Ask for it. You want healing? Lay your hands on the sick and they will be healed. Do you know that Paul, that guy, and his friend Peter, Peter actually saw healing through touching a tissue. Oh God, go read your Bible, fam. It's pretty dope. He had a tissue. He touched it. And because he didn't have Uber, they had to bring Booger on the tissue to bring somebody and they were healed. What could happen? If a generation would wake up and get woke for two seconds, not on the news out there, but the news in here. Wake up. Our city is dying because it's a conspiracy. So why do I believe that Christianity is true? 
because science and scripture says so. Because what's awesome is science is not against the Bible. Huh. The Bible is the foundation for science. What Moses declared 3,400 years ago, that universe actually has a beginning. Science just caught up with it 60 years ago. Catch up. We have a generation who is blinded by the enemy, which the Bible talks about how that's the enemy's thing. Because if he can get you to believe a lie, then he can get you. So wake up. Because the evidence says that science and scripture both agree that my God brought something from nothing. He brought order from chaos. And my God, he brought life from death. And regardless of where you are, the Bible says that even now, because of you, because of what God's done, that you can experience resurrection life. You can experience a brand new life. The question is, what do we do with it? Okay, cool. Is this a concept or is it a way of life? Is this something you go home tomorrow not affected by it? Because the Bible says if you only hear and you don't do none of this, blessed is you. The Bible says, hey, don't be a hearer of it, be a doer of it. So what do we do because of what we now know? Regardless of where you are in the room, whether you're a follower of Jesus, you need to know that even when you doubt, because you'll go home and doubt, because it's not just about what you see. The Bible says that the war we fight, the reason depression and anxiety and suicide exist, the reason gossip and drama exists is because we are fighting a war with the unseen eyes, the eyes of the spirit. You know that you are not just physical. You have a spirit. That's where your emotions and all this comes from. Because we have a spirit realm. Come in October when we talk about the reality of demons and Satan and how you were called to cast them out. Because you're not fighting against your mom. You're not fighting against your principal or your teacher. You're fighting against the thing that's fighting in them. Because hurt people hurt people. It's not about them. The Bible says that we are the body of Christ. We are called to be unified. You know your joy comes in when you actually give joy to the person next to you? Because it's not about the physical. There's something deeper. And I'm sweating and preaching and all this might be going over your head. But the truth is that if that's true, what could it mean for you? If that's true, what could your life look like tomorrow? So if you're a follower of Jesus, you need to know that even when you doubt, it does not disqualify you. That is why we do what we do each week. That's why we do cruise. Because, guys, it ain't about hype no more. If you want hype, go on TikTok and scroll for three hours. You'll get enough hype. We need real. God, we need authentic. We need life change. We need answers. We need truth. Not fake news. We need something real. And so every single week we come here and we talk about truth. We talk about sex, dating, anxiety, same-sex attraction as opposed to same-sex affection. Is it okay to be LGBTQ? Why is it not? If it's not, how do we act? Is it okay to be racist? Are they actually equal? Are they not? We talk about real crap because they're talking about real crap. So what are we going to do? Leave the narrative to you or leave the narrative to truth? What do we do? Did you know Jesus, he actually brought about change and a revolution that changed the world even that we're now living in through teenagers? Because sometimes parents and people who are established in their ways are too concrete in their brain to change. You are at the greatest part of your life because you're formidable enough in your brain and your reality to where you actually can do something in the world and you actually haven't touched reality to be paralyzed by fear of what the world can do. Anytime we do a message like this, there's always a response. We're not going to do the normal, give your life to Jesus response. We'll have that in a moment. The real thing is because of this, because it's not like a blanket one-size-fits-all. Hey, if you all do this, we'll all be good. No, you ain't drinking the Kool-Aid around here. Because the same spirit that lives in me lives in you. And there's a different purpose for you because you are uniquely created by design on purpose. On purpose. If my God can create such intentional design of this, imagine what's in you. Because the world is waiting for you to wake up and be you. Not be them, not fit in, be you. Because he gave everything in you. Because the Bible says, because we are a body, if you don't play your part, I am missing out. 
And I'm not missing out on my life. I've been down every road. It's time for you to wake up because when you thrive, I thrive. When you win, I win. When Church of the Groves wins, we win. When Hope City wins, we win. When Second Bethesda Baptist First, Second, Third, Fourth Alphabetical Church of God wins, fam, if you want to go there, we win. It's about all of us. So what we want to do right now is we want to go into a time of worship to where it can be you and God. Not me and a mic and you, but you and God. Because this is something you have to choose to believe and wrestle with on your own. Because if you don't, the battle's going to be won out there. So what we're going to do is right now we're going to go into a time of worship, a song called My Testimony. And what we want to do is simply create a moment where we are going to worship and have a moment between you and God. And for those of you who don't know what worship is, simply it is a response to God. It's God. It's saying, God, I thank you for what you've done for me. Or it's saying, God, I want to, I, there's something in me that's different. I don't know what it is. I don't have the answers. But something's different. Show me. It's God saying, I'm tired of going home. God, I need you right now. It's lifting your hands because what you're going to see is a lot of people jump up and down. You'll see people raise their hands. And it is strictly something that we can do in our natural human bodies to respond to an all-powerful, spaceless, eternal, timeless, immensely powerful God that loves us enough to send his son to actually live for us and die for us. So we're going to do this right now. I want everybody to stand up. and You don't have to worry about coming to the front, but wherever you are, what we always say is we want you to worship like nobody's watching. You can spread out. You can do whatever. We want you to worship like nobody is watching. Because the Bible says that when you, man, when you lean into God, when you draw near to God, he's going to draw near to you. And I'll be the first to tell you that faith based on evidence alone is nothing. But listen to me. Faith that's based on evidence in an encounter changes cities. And so we want to challenge you right now, wherever you are, we're going to have a couple songs we're going to go through. We want you to respond to whatever God is doing in you. Because that feeling, that curiosity, that is the Holy Spirit inviting you for more. So what I want to challenge you guys to do, man, raise your hands, sing the songs, whatever. But ask God, God, what do you want to do in me? What is my next step? Whatever it is, I'm going to pray and we're going to go in this time of worship. God, I thank you for everything that you're doing in us. I thank you that you're God who brought something out of nothing, brought order from chaos, God. And you cared enough to send your son to live the perfect life for us, to die for us, and to ultimately be raised again. Holy Spirit, we pray right now in this moment that everything we're dealing with, every battle we're facing, God, that right now we would begin to walk in victory, that hope would be ours, that life would be ours, that purpose and peace would be possible in Jesus' name.